uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. That's where we're going to park for this morning. And I want us to grasp, as I said, the enormity of the work of God at the cross through Jesus Christ and His death and His burial, His resurrection. If you were to look just at the enmity between God and man, it would appear to be hopeless. On one side, you have a perfectly holy, righteous, spotless God. And on the other side, you have humanity who are sinners, who, as we've seen in Romans 3, are not righteous. There's nothing about us righteous. Standing under the the penalty of that, uh, of death. That's what the cross teaches us. When we look at the cross, it is a reminder of our our sinfulness, but also the the righteousness and the holiness of, of a God who would crucify His Son. That whosoever would call upon Him could be saved. The reality is that sinners, sinners can't decide to be reconciled to God and affect reconciliation on their own. Sinners have no power to satisfy God's anger, no power to satisfy His, ju- His holy justice, no power to satisfy His standard of righteousness, no, no power to mitigate His, His a- hatred towards sin, and yet enter the cross. If, if our relationship with God is going to be reconciled, if it's going to be resolved, God's going to be the one that has to do something. Enter the cross. A picture, a proof of the righteousness of God that, that his, He loved sinners and He hated the sin. That He sought a way for reconciliation to occur rightly between Himself, a holy God, and a sinful creation. Colossians 1.19, listen to what it says. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him and through Christ to reconcile all things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross. If reconciliation was going to take place, God would have to do it. We couldn't. The, the, the falsity behind all the religions of the world is that man can work their way, can create a way of their own effort, of their own accord, of their own design. Man can get their way back to God on their own. That's the falsity of all religions of the world outside of biblical Christianity. Trying to turn God's uh, hatred toward our sin into acceptance somehow based on what we can do. The challenge for you and I in the reminder this Easter is that reconciliation is not something that we accomplish when we decide to start rejecting God. It's something that he, that God accomplished so that He would not have to reject us. That's the issue. God had to put away everything that meant alienation and condemnation. He had to set that all aside and do it rightly. He was the one that had to remove our transgressions as far as the East is from the West. He was the one that had to forgive. He was the one that had to blot them out and make them white as snow, even though they were as crimson, as Isaiah 118 says. 
And the beauty this morning of Easter and beyond is that God has done this. God has made a way for reconciliation to occur, and the, the resurrection proves that. God, in His righteousness, put forth His perfectly holy, just, blameless Son. Offered Him up as an offering to pay the penalty that sin demanded. Offered Him up as a propitiation as we've seen. A substitute. And the resurrection, listen, the resurrection proves that that offering was satisfactory. The resurrection proves that 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 offering was was received by a holy God. The the great reminder this Easter is just that, that that your sins can be forgiven. If you're a believer this morning in Jesus Christ, your sins have been forgiven. So no no matter how we come into this room this morning, the truth remains the same. God has made a way for His sinful creation to be rightly reconciled back to Himself. Sins forgiven. Sins separated. But the point I want us to leave here with this morning is is why. Why did God have to do that? And the reality is this, so that we could draw near to Him. Because of our sinfulness, because of God's holiness, we could not draw near to God. We were separated. That's the whole point of reconciliation. Is to, the word literally can mean to make, to, to make friendly again. Our sins had alienated us from a holy God. And we were incapable of bridging that chasm as we sang this morning. Only, only God could do this. And in Christ, God has made an offering, made it available made it possible, as we've seen in Romans, that God would be just and the justifier of those who have faith in Christ. God has made a way for us to draw near where sin had made it impossible before. That's the simple message that I want us to leave here with this morning, is is draw near. The, the, The offering of Christ, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ has made it possible through faith for sinners to draw near to a holy God. Don't let that fact, don't let the enormity of that fact escape you this morning. Sinners coming boldly, confidently into the presence of a holy God. Don't let the enormity of that fact escape you. In your sin, you could not do that without dying. And in the resurrection, God is inviting you to draw near to Him. To boldly approach Him. Why? Because Jesus Christ's offering was sufficient. And the resurrection proves that. Look look with me at Hebrews 9. That's where I wanted us to park. I mean, Hebrews 10, verse 19. Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 22. Therefore, brethren... Listen, since we have confidence... 
to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Don't let that fact escape you. Think about this. In the Old Testament, who entered the holy place? The high priest. Don't let the fact escape you of the enormity of what, of what he's saying here. One person once a year would enter on behalf of the people and make an offering on behalf of the sins. And if that, was, if that offering was accepted, he would come out alive. Think about that. But, yet, but they did that year after year after year after year after year. Why? Because it wasn't the blood of bulls and goats that took away sins. It was pointing to Christ who would be the once and for all offering for sin. He says, as a result, let us draw, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, here it is, when you grasp the enormity of the resurrection, when you grasp the sufficiency of Jesus Christ's offering, here it is, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. There, there's so much to unpack there that we won't get there this morning, but I want us to leave here with the, the main truth that I believe if we would grasp, I believe it would, change, it, it would change the way we live our lives. It would, it would give us power and confidence and assurance. It's this, that the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ is God making a once and for all permanent, totally sufficient offering for sin, enabling those who are sinners to draw near to Him, to be forgiven, for condemnation to be set aside rightly, the gospel invites you this morning to draw near to God through the blood of Jesus. To draw near to God. I mean, look, look at again at verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Isn't that clear to the message? This is the culmination of Hebrews really 7 through 10 where the writer of Hebrews has said we can draw near. Why? Because of the superiority and the sufficiency of Christ and His offering once and for all for your sin, for my sin, through His death, burial, and resurrection. All to the glory of Christ. Not I, but Christ. If Christ's work is yours through faith, if it has been credited to your account through faith, here's the Easter message. Draw near. Christ's offering of his life was sufficient, was received, was accepted by God. The resurrection proves this. We, we who are sinners place our faith and trust in a completely satisfactory and sufficient offering of Christ for sin. And thus we're forgiven, we're cleansed, washed white as snow, reconciled, redeemed, adopted. Of no merit of our own. Why? Because Christ's offering was sufficient and the resurrection proved that. Jesus made an offering for sin and he walked out of the tomb. God received the offering. It was sufficient. 
That's the importance of the resurrection. And you and I, believer, we've been saved not to live for ourselves, but so that we could draw near, be reconciled to God. That's the whole point of salvation, to draw us near, to bring us to God. Listen to, listen to the, the writer of Hebrews all throughout, Hebrews 4.16. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Draw near, he says. Look at Hebrews 7.25. He is able to save forever those who draw near to God through Christ since he always lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith it is impossible to please him for he who draws near to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. In Christ, because of the sufficiency of the work of Christ, we who are sinners can be cleansed and thus enter into God's presence. Do not let that fact escape you. And in Hebrews 10.10, the writer of Hebrews talks about this as well. Just, just before 19 there in verse 10, he says, By this will, we ha by this will meaning the, the work of Christ, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus. Look at what it says. This is huge. Once for all. It doesn't need to be replicated. It doesn't need to be done over again. Once and for all. The, the aim of this, the aim of the writer of Hebrews is to show the sufficiency of the work of Christ. That we would draw near. That we would have constant fellowship with God. That we would not settle for a relationship with God that's distant that God would not be a distant thought for us, that he wouldn't only be a thought when we needed help, but that God would be, his presence would be a near and present reality. I, I thought about this, I thought about this as I was preparing this. I, I, and I think about this regularly. Uh, we have a daughter who when, usually about 3 o'clock, you'll hear her come running across the house and she dives into our bed. And, and, and you know, it wakes you up or whatever, but I, but I thought about that. She has no, listen, why can she do that? Because we're her parents. She's fully confident, she's fully assured that her parents love her, that her parents will receive her most of the time. She's confident that of the relationship, right? And I think about that. Is that how we approach God? Fully assured? Listen, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ fully assures us that if through faith that God has forgiven us, that he has separated our, our sins from us, that we have been adopted as sons and daughters. He's not a distant reality. He has invited us to experience intimacy and communion with him. But this drawing near is only through faith in the work of Christ. It's not anything that we do on our own. The resurrection allows us every moment of every day to live in the nearness and experience the presence of a holy God. To be reconciled. 
Though our sins were scarlet, they could be clean, to be reconciled. That's exactly what God did, why he did what he did in, in crucifying and resurrecting Jesus Christ. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5.19. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Why did God send Christ into the world to take on flesh to die so that he could reconcile himself to sinners in a right way? Jesus Christ has made a way for sinners to be reconciled to a holy God, to be able to draw near to him, to boldly enter his presence. Our sin stood as an obstacle to that, and God in Christ has made a way for our sin to be dealt with rightly, completely, satisfactorily for all eternity. And it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, making a totally sufficient, totally satisfactory offering for sin so that we could draw near. Even in 1 Peter 3.18, it's interesting, Peter writes in 3.18, For Christ died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust. Why? so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Do you see the import of the resurrection? To bring us to God. Not that we would live for ourselves. Not that he would save us and then say, I hope it works out, have fun. No, to bring us to God. We, we, we are in the presence of God. That's the gospel. What Good Friday, what Easter are all about, that God has done amazing and costly things to draw us near, to make a way for us to live in His presence. Not to have our sins forgiven and then go live for ourselves, not to live with Him being a distant reality, but to live in the very presence, live in the very presence day by day by day. Look look at Hebrews 10, verse 14. Again, the writer continues to explain why, why, why did he die? Why did he rise again? For by one offering, again, you see the instant, one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Has Christ's blood cleansed you through faith? You're sanctified once and for all. What's the implication? Draw near. Through one offering, he has perfected for all time those whom he sanctified. That's an important word. That's how we can enter his presence. Why? Because we've been cleansed. We've been declared righteous. From all our sin. Again, Hebrews 7.25, we read it a minute ago, but ponder this. Therefore, he is able also to save Forever, Do you see it there? He is able to save forever those who what? Draw near to God through Christ. Since Christ always lives to make intercession for them. Do you see the connection with even what I read earlier in 1 Peter? That we are protected by the power of God. Verse 5. That we have been born again to a living hope. The, the importance of the resurrection is that Jesus Christ lives To what? To defend you. To make intercession for you. 
First John 2, 2 says, Little children, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, listen what? We have an advocate, Jesus Christ. He lives. That we would have confidence to draw near. The resurrection of, of, of Christ assures us of what the writer writes in Hebrews 10, 17. And here he quotes Jeremiah 31. And their sins, listen, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Why? Because on Jesus God laid the sins of the world and he sent them off. Just like in the Old Testament, when they, the Day of Atonement, when they would sacrifice a goat and they would sprinkle that blood on a living goat and they would take that goat and they would take him way out in the wilderness and they'd let him go never to return again that's jesus forgiven reconciled so that we would draw near grasp the weight again of even what jesus is saying in matthew eleven twenty eight when he says come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you what rest Rest. Rest from the burden of your sin. Rest from the weight of all that comes with it. It's Christ. It's the finished work of Christ. It's not the old covenant with, with dead animals and priests who died and had to be replaced and offered continually. This is a living way, one sacrifice, one eternal priest for all time. Jesus. The importance of the resurrection, again, is that Jesus is alive and thus he will cover you and advocate for you and mediate for you in the presence of God. Why? Because his work was totally sufficient. Draw near. Draw near. See this glorious truth this morning. Again, look at Hebrews 10.22. This is important. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled clean from an even, evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Listen, the blood of Christ so sufficiently, so completely covers your sin. He says you are clean and even our guilt with God can be cleansed. That we would have peace. Not, not because we're sinless, not because our, con our conscience won't accuse us of wrongdoing, but because when it does, we can, listen, the importance of Easter is when it does, we can remind ourselves through faith boldly this, I know I've sinned, I know I'm grieved by my sin, I hate my sin, but I have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who shed His priceless blood for me to cover all my transgressions, and He ever lives to intercede on my behalf. Jesus was raised triumphantly from the grave, conquering the penalty of sin, which is death forever. Draw near. Death no longer reigns over a believer. Why? Because Jesus Christ took the death for us, and he conquered it. And though you and I fall short, Jesus Christ is sufficient. Though we are unsatisfactory, Jesus Christ is. Draw near. And the resurrection proves, again, that God was satisfied in the offering of, that Christ made. The payment for sin and its penalty truly is finished. The sacrifice was made, accepted. The desired result, draw near.
Our great high priest entered the Holy of Holies, entered the presence of God, offered himself for the sacrifice of our sins, for the penalty of our sins, three days later walked out of the tomb. Why? Because it is finished. Once and for all sacrifice. And Jesus' resurrection proves that our sin and our guilt and the wrath of God due our sin has been satisfied through His offering. Draw near. There truly now is no condemnation, Romans 8, 1. For now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. How? Jesus Christ took it. Draw near. His resurrection proves eternally that God was satisfied with His offering. As a result, we can live confidently, we can live boldly, we can live obediently knowing this, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's huge. Because think about that. Isn't that, really the, isn't that really the enemy that death provides? Separation. When our loved ones die, we are separated from them. And Jesus Christ has dealt with that. Namely, the penalty of our sins separating us from a holy God. Jesus Christ dealt with that. That's why Paul could write in, in Romans 8, because of the sufficiency of Jesus' work, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Christ's death, His resurrection guarantees this. Jesus truly is, as He says in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will not die even though he dies. You know what he says? Do, and he finishes, and this is an important phrase, do you believe this? Why does the believer not die? Because Jesus died in our place. The, the reality is this, nobody really dies. That may be a shocking statement. When you die, you live eternally somewhere. And what Jesus Christ's death accomplished for us is that if through faith, if we're believing in Jesus Christ, in the satisfactory work of Christ, our sins will not separate us from a holy God. We will be accepted. And even now, we are able to draw near to the one God whom we will live in the presence of for all eternity. Even now, we're able to freely praise the one who we will spend eternity praising. That's John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that you may know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Hear that this Easter. Draw near. Draw near. John 1.12 says that to as many as received him, to them he gave the gift, the privilege to be called children of God. Jesus' resurrection frees us to enjoy God. To glorify him no matter the cost. Because no matter what, life Death, no matter what, we get Jesus. Nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus' offering was sufficient. The question becomes, do you believe this? Are you in faith laying hold of what Christ has laid hold of for us? In this all-sufficient, totally satisfactory work of Christ. So this Easter, I beg you, I challenge you to do what the gospel begs you to do. But what the gospel, only the gospel enables you to do. And it's this, draw near to God through faith in the all-sufficient work 
of Christ. Realizing that for those who are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. You have a new standing before God. No longer separated, but now adopted. No longer condemned, but now forgiven. No longer stained, washed white as snow. Through the all-sufficient death, burial, resurrection of Christ. May, may that be the truth that we grasp this Easter. That you're clean. That you have the privilege to boldly enter through Christ the presence of a living, holy God. Grasp that. Draw near. Draw near with confidence to this God. Do not live with Him as, as a distant reality or, or something that's over here. And no, live in the presence daily, moment by moment, of a living King. Whoever lives to make intercession for you. Are you guilty of sin? Yes. Will you sin? Yes. When you do sin, remind yourself of the sufficient work of Jesus Christ. That He ever lives to make intercession for you. Through faith. Draw near in the all-sufficient death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, knowing that the resurrection, again, proves that Jesus' offering was sufficient. Completely received by a holy God. Trusting that nothing, 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 because of the satisfactory work of Christ, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Because He lives.